sit and join the shade. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Drink the drink that I have made. Hey, so do you know the, the, uh, the secret hey, to when I decide to break into this? Johnson? Ooh, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. This is, I do it right after he cracks his second note on purpose. It's fabulous. Ladies and gentlemen, that was an exciting uh, start to Drink in the Style. I'm your host, Gregory Rich. I'm going to help you kill your early evening with uh, booze and conversation. Tonight's theme, the all-new world of real estate. We've been living for years with uh, in a bizarre real estate world, and it has changed again. So we are joined by Rodolfo Trujillo. <laughs> See, I knew I got my tongue stuck. <laughs> Rodolfo Trujillo. 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 Is that a f- you? Beep. <laughs> Rodolfo Trujillo. (laughs) (laughs) My apologies. Actually, Rodolfo and I are friends, and I would normally be pronouncing this much more skillfully, (laughs) except I haven't gotten a drink yet. Rodolfo is with uh, uh, Remax Advantage Plus. Rodolfo, my friend, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And uh, yeah, but just to be fair, Greg says my name always. Okay. Rodolfo Trujillo. Today we're just missing the drink. That's all. <laughs> it completely was. You know what the secret is, actually, now that I think about it? If I try to, if I say it with more of an Italian accent, it's yeah, easier you get it. for Absolutely. me. And that's close enough that I get full credit, correct? That is correct. Fabulous. All right. Coctology. Sitting in the, in the venerable coctological chair of glory is Habitation's own Megan Tice. Once again, Megan, welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. Um, I, I love having you around at all times. Um, for those who don't know, by the way, Megan is our junior designer and showroom support person. So when you call into Habitation, you get to talk to Megan. Oh, joy. Lucky you. <laughs> <Day eight. laughs> and if you say you heard her name on Drink in the Style, well, then you get a free cocktail with me. Yeah. Sure. With Greg. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and possibly Rodolfo hanging out oh, I, in the lounge. I would love to. <laughs> oh, too funny. All right. Megan, what are you making for us? Um, I believe it's called the Rhode Island Red. The Rhode Island Red. Yeah, but I, it was a little tweaked from the original recipe, so you can call it whatever you want. Okay. Okay. So it's two ounces of whiskey. Today we're using Slane. The house brand, although we were just yes. talking about whether it's changing flavors a little bit. We may Probably. have to tune in next week. I'm going to drink a couple bottles of, Jay, of Slane and let you know if it's different. See the difference? All right. <laughs> Sorry. So keep going. Yes. Two ounces of Slane. Yep. And then we're doing a half ounce of Campari. Um, and then we're doing three quarters ounce sweet vermouth. And then three quarters ounce of, I'm going to slaughter this, Amaretto. No, that's perfect. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right? All right. Hit us with some mixing music. Throw this together. I see you're pouring it into a shaker, mm-hmm. or are you using that as a yari? Is this going to be shaken? We're shaking it. Great. Yes. Big fan of shaken. It makes it so much colder. It's just delightful. Okay, so we've got that put together. Yep. And then I noticed, by the way, that you also brought the salt. I did, just in case. I'm- I figured... You'd probably want it. I am so proud of you. Rodolfo, do you know about salt? No, I don't. Dude, you're going to love this. It is, so it's basically, it's just salt water and an atomizer. You salt food, you can salt cocktails. It makes a cocktail sharper, a little more flavorful. 
I would, I would like to try it. I like. I was talking to Megan before the, we went in the air, and I love to mix my own cocktails, and I like to try new things. So really, that's great. Yeah. So we'll have you back on the show shortly okay. uh, to do the uh, the cocktailogy. Yeah, I, I, I have some of my own drinks that I can create, and I can I can share with you guys. Really? Yeah. That's that's fascinating. You know, that's I was. Perfect. I know exactly. Because all right, well now you're committed. You're locked in. Now I have to come back. So you are now. So you've shaken the cocktails, and you are yes. now placing the ice into a uh, um, a. Uh, uh, oh my God. Rocks glass. Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. You'll also be really proud because I found the scoopy. I found the scoopy and put it in there. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for nothing, but I appreciate that. You thought that it was left in the ice bucket, and I didn't think to look there. <laughs> All right. I noticed, by the way, that we also have a dried fruit on this. Yeah, it said to garnish with uh, orange peel. Okay. But we had these at the lounge, and they're those Tanqueray oranges. Oh, my God. That is perfect. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, perfect. That's going to add some delicious flavor. All right. So we're shaken, and now we pour. All right. They are in the glass. The color is... Fascinating. I can see why they call it a red, what was it, a rooster red? Red rooster? Rhode Island red. A Rhode Island red. I think that's a type of chicken, right? Yeah. Is it? I believe so. It is now. <laughs> it's a chicken and it a looks cocktail. Good. It looks very good. All right, fabulous. So, Rodolfo, we're going to try it, and then I'm going to spritz it with a little bit of salt. All right. And... Uh, and try it without, and then do it with the salt. I like that. And I want you to be legit. I oh, want I will. you I'm... to... Oh, yeah, I agree. I hear you. All right. Johnson, let's give it some swallowing music. All right. It's sweeter than I would normally like. The Campari made it, or the sweet vermouth, I think. I would probably turn down the sweet vermouth on it a little bit next Mm -hmm. time. But this is super refreshing. It is pretty sweet. I like it, though. Maybe... Maybe less on the sweet vermouth and a little bit on the, a little more of the whiskey. See, you know what? We can adjust. The world is our oyster. Nothing is in there. Give me a splash. But you first have to taste yeah, it with a little bit with of the it. salt. So just, just. Yep. Do one spray. On it. Yep. There you go. All right. All right. Kick it around a little bit and see if it's any different. <laughs> it is. Ah-ha! <laughs> I was. I was. Skeptical, to be honest with you. <laughs> I saw the skepticism. Like, I don't know if I want to pour it. This, maybe I should do it at the very end of my drink. <laughs> Fair enough. No, oh, it's good. Yeah, this, this is really good. So just salt water? Yeah, just just throw in some salt and uh, some water, shake it up in the atomizer, and it disintegrates. What, what, what do you hear about this? I never heard of it. Uh, well, I host a, ra- a radio show about drinking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what it was? It was the the late and much, much uh, 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 sadlyingly lost Dan Newkirk. Newkirk was, uh, back in his day before the uh, terrible accident, there's no accident, um, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he used to mix on the radio show. And he was a professional bartender and he ran uh, all of the beverage services at a group of, of restaurants. Now he's moved to a different spot and uh, is not yet back on the show. But perhaps someday, you know, if he recovers, he will once again sit in the venerable Dan Newkirk Coctological Chair, mm-hmm. which we're calling it now. So he came up with the idea of, of do the salt yeah. in the drink? That's, yep. that's brilliant. I yeah. never, never even I know. heard of me. The guy is amazing. He also is an insanely good cook. He can smoke a, a brisket like you could not imagine. But All right. When I think brisket, I think, I think Dan Newkirk. 
In any event, ladies and gentlemen, let's get on with the general (laughs) show, and we will hit it off with the uh, today's totally not random random question, which actually is fairly random. Are you ready? I'm ready. Rodolfo, what motivates you? Life motivates me. I just love, I'm in love with life. Wow, that just, is a big answer. Just being happy, just being here, just every time I wake up, I'm excited. And I've been so blessed in so many ways. I was talking to Megan before the show. I have two beautiful girls, mm. Natalia, 17, and Carmen, 15. And uh, those are my biggest motivation. Of course, my wife, Jennifer. Uh, but every day, everything I do is with that purpose. Mm. Everything I do is like, how about I give you? What am I going to do today to make their lives better? That's, I mean, and that makes me happy. There is no greater gift than a motivational drive based on on something like that. It's fabulous. It's incredible. Good it, for you. It's incredible. And I love man, it. So. In love with life, so you don't get. Do you? You got to still get irritated from time to time. I mean, you can't take everything. No, I do. Joyfully. I do, but you know, I, like I mean, you're irritated by this question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do, but I I, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. To to be upset, I don't have time to be sad. I don't have time mm-hmm. to be angry. Yeah. I do get you know upset, angry, disturbed, whatever. But I make a full commitment to myself. I say like, well, you analyze the problem. You can either fix it or let go. That's it. There's no better way to yeah. handle things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know. And then I also learned from a, a, a one of my mentors that told me many times like, when somebody calls you with a problem or calls you with a question. I used to answer it immediately, especially in real estate. You know, you get, I thought I needed to answer. Otherwise, I'm going to lose the client. I'm going to lose the sell and this and that. Now, I mean, some of my clients might be listening to us and say, I don't answer right away. Mm-hmm. I let us simmer for 30, 45 minutes. 90% of the time, Greg, mm. they find their own solutions. That's actually. They leave you a message and say, I need this. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes later, they call, oh, I got it. All right. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, it's, it's just brilliant. I embrace this same concept, and I call it the waiting game. And Megan, now you know that through that, if I'm if I can't get to something, or I'm not getting to something, or what have you, oftentimes the problem resolves itself. In which yeah, I case, agree. I say once again, I have won the waiting game. I like that. It's true. If right? you, most people want everything immediate, mm-hmm. or they think they do. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's not immediate within five minutes, now out of a sudden they will find the answer themselves. Yes, and ninety percent of the times, or even higher. They already knew the answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, just they just wanted somebody to tell them. You know, agreed so. completely. And it's it's I, I think it's it's a more balanced way of doing things as well. You know, because also if you're putting yourself into a position where you're going to always respond immediately, and that becomes your general thing, one of the problems we have is that uh, people don't reflect on what they say before, um, and you need a little bit of time to put together a thoughtful response. You ever have – I have a, 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 a phrase back in, when I worked in the corporate world that I called it uh, a uh, – um, oh, God, what was it? I forgot. <laughs> it was like a network. It was the person who adds no value to a series of emails but always responds, often oh, with yeah. a question that they push everything back. <laughs> and they seem super efficient, but the, the fundamentals of what they're sending is, is, is not meaningful. So – I'm in agreement. It's not about speed. It's about the quality of your response. And in many cases, it's about letting people find the, the, the answers on their own. Yeah, if you think about it, Greg, this also helps you not get too disturbed, get too antsy about anything. Mm-hmm. If you just, just pause for a second, mm-hmm. just think about it. These devices that we have in our hands 
mm-hmm. are destroying our hu- human uh, race. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. I finally turned all of the notifications off and everything because I was becoming no conditioned it. to be constantly looking for the lion. Yeah. That's the thing if you never take a moment or two. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult, right? Especially in the line of work that we do because we think we're going to miss the next deal. Mm-hmm. But it's not. If people really want to work with you, they're going to take take a breath. If you talk to them, right? you explain why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Every time, well, not every time. I have a few clients that decided not to work with me because I was too <laughs> relaxed, right? But the majority of them say, you know what? This is great. Fair. I'm glad you mentioned it. We should go back to doing business the way we used to do it 20 years ago. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. There was a time in my life, never a time in Megan's life, I think. No, but she's, there too was a time. she's too young. She exactly. doesn't understand this, probably. Exactly. But you would leave the house. You were, you were incommunicado. You were mm-hmm. gone. You were done. You were, you know, occasionally somebody would come by in a restaurant trying to page, yep. page you, you know, yep. which interestingly enough, in the very early days when you could customize your own uh, ringtone. So this is like in the late 90s, I'm going to guess. This is an embarrassing thing. But <laughs> I had um, a woman, a friend of mine, record telephone call for Mr. Rich, Mr. Rich telephone call and that was my ringtone for that's kind of cool no no it was funny at the time now i'm going to do it for mine now oh God. telephone call for mr trujillo telephone call somebody's going to throw my phone to the, to the curb <laughs> i think it's worth thinking about all right well we should take a quick break and then when we get back we should start talking specifically about real estate because there have been changes in the market there have been different forms of, of uh, responses to what's happening. And also we're going to talk a little bit about your your uh, 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 clientele. Absolutely. And how you're doing some work we'll do in that. the community. Ladies and gentlemen, again, this is Drink in the Style. We'll be back in just a moment. When you're drinking, you get stinking. It helps your point of view. But when you're sober, the skies all seem gray. Yeah, when you're sober, life's a pain. Here from the old razzle dazzle, razzle dazzle. Here from an act with lots of flash in it and the reaction. Welcome back to Drink in the Style. I'm Gregory Rich, and I am doing my best to give you a little razzle-dazzle. But really, I shouldn't be working this hard, because we have Rodolfo (laughs) Trujillo with us, and uh, and he's got razzle-dazzle in his blood. There you go. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's talk about real estate. We'll start with this. The the whole state of housing inventory, because everything comes from that. What is the latest on that? Well, it's been a it's been a roller coaster on the real estate for the last couple of years since uh, COVID started. It, it was uh, completely you know unknown for anything what's going to happen. So for the first three months of 2020, everybody stopped, mm-hmm. like we all did. Real estate stopped, everything stopped. But then everybody realized when when we were forced to be at home, 
for that period of time with everybody mm-hmm. for the first time in years. Everybody realized, like, <laughs> oh, boy, I need a bigger home. <laughs> I know, right? You know, I'm going to need to move. Because before that, the entire trend had been two smaller homes. Yeah, that was it. That it was, was going the opposite direction. Exactly. Yeah, mini- minimalist. You know, that was, a, that was a big deal. Yeah, right-sizing, of course. Yeah, right-sizing. And yeah, because I, I like right-sizing better than downsizing. Agreed. It sounds much better. Less uh, – uh, better. Exactly. Yeah, everything is better that way. But then we realized that we needed – more space, you know, mm-hmm. for our kids, for ourselves. And for the first time, and you probably already know this, Greg, uh, in the United States, 2020 was for the first time in many, many, many years that most Americans have actually savings. Yes, yes. Because they didn't have anything to spend on. No happy hours, no going out eating, no sport for the kids, no nothing. Yep. But the majority of, the, uh, of us were able to work from home. Mm-hmm. We're making the same amount of money, mm-hmm. but we're not spending, not spending as much. It. And that's the reason why you see all the craziness that happened. You know, people wanted a bigger home. They didn't care to spend an extra 20, 30, 40, 50,000. Mm-hmm. And that's the bidding war. Fascinating. So what you're saying is that people stayed home during the pandemic. Obviously, savings rates went up substantially, but that that money now is available to buy a bigger home as a down payment. Because that's so damned American, isn't it? God forbid we have savings. Oh, no. (laughs) No, seriously. I mean, that makes all the sense in the world. And again, people's living styles have completely changed. It was the perfect storm. So you have savings. Mm -hmm. The interest rate went low. Mm-hmm. So now you have more buying power, mm-hmm. more money for down payment, or pay extra. Yes. And that's when you have bidding wars all the time. And the market went absolutely berserk, and the inventory of houses was practically nothing. So what about now? Yeah, pretty much disappeared, and now everything is changing. Interest rates went now at you know, five and a half, six, mm-hmm. and everybody panics again, right? Mm-hmm. Now, because it doubled. Yeah. Uh, so when that happens, it actually kind of helps the real estate market because inventory kind of starts to level it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're about 8,000 units in the metro. Okay. And 8,000 is much better than 6,000 that we used to have. Okay. But the balanced market is about 25,000 units. So we're still way behind. Less than, wow, practically a third, a third of, of required it. inventory. Correct. To be uh-huh. a balanced market. Okay. It's recovering. Mm-hmm. People, a lot of, we have, we have 17 to 25 buyers per home. Now with the interest rate going up, a lot of people panic, mm-hmm. and a lot of people also couldn't have the same amount of, of purchase power. So right. if two points go up in rates, you're losing about twenty to thirty thousand dollars in purchase power. Mm-hmm. So everything changes. But unfortunately for most people, the prices stayed the same. Well, exactly. It didn't the, come down because the problem with having maintained such an insanely low interest rates, and we were talking before the show, you know, over over a thirty year period. The interest rates currently are still insanely low. And, of course, you go back to the 80s, what, 17 yeah, percent? I mean, it was bizarre. Yeah. It was it's incredible. Crazy. So, But the problem is that we had those rates so low for so long that the housing market inflated because you could buy more because, you know, the rates were so low. Now, though, that they're coming up, there almost has to be a period of kind of stagflation at least I in the housing market. I think that's what's going to happen, absolutely. You know, in a regular, in a regular year, we see – the value of any property across the board. And, you know, we're not going to generalize, or, but we're just going to try to say every, every in the Twin Cities metro, 3 to 5% year over year. Mm-hmm. That's pretty pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Well, with, through the pandemic, we went to 17 to 25% compared to when you are. So what we what we were doing, we were borrowing equity for the future. Right, right. So people are thinking, I hear many people, many of my clients say, well, but I'm going to wait until the, the prices crash. 
Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. The, the price of my balance might stay the same for a few years, mm-hmm. but then they're going to come down. They cannot compare what happened in 2008 or 9. Mm. What is happening now? It's complete two different stories. Now, what happened back then? That? It was directly affected by the mortgage. Right. Now that was the problem. I mean, I mean, there were a lot of problems. With a way, lot of problems. But obviously, it was a matter of adjustable rates that. And back that then, ballooned. you walk into a bank, you have a pulse, mm-hmm. they give you money. Exactly. It was pretty much you know the wild, wild west. So the so yeah no I mean that, that that is true. If we have an economic issue, it's probably not going to be housing direct or result it's not going to result in a housing bubble I, I don't think so i don't think we're going to see that i mean when you look at the foreclosure market right now it's almost none in six but if you go look at the foreclosure market in 2010 that mm-hmm. was the only market that it was actually moving fair yeah so. no that makes all the sense and it's and it's 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 logical and it's reasonable and the other differences fundamental differences that i mean except for those who are on adjustable rates and virtually nobody was on adjustable rates. They were way too, there was not, it wasn't worth it. The problem in 08 was that all these mortgages ballooned simultaneously and people could no longer pay. Whereas in this case, it's no longer a matter of my payment is going up. It's a matter of my house isn't going up the way it was. Correct. It's more of more of economic big picture, right? Your job, your equity in your house. There's more factors, so I don't think this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. What is going to happen, I believe, in the next few years is the price is going to stay stable. Mm-hmm. They're not going to go down. They might not raise anymore as high as we used to. Mm-hmm. We're going to go back to the normal, 3 to 5% year over year, and that's about it. And it's legitimate and reasonable and what that's the, the market should, should do. That's the way it should be. Yeah. These extremes and everything in our society, from politics to financial theory, is, is, is maddening. Yeah, it's maddening. Yeah, you cannot go anywhere like that. Like... When you have a medium price now of three fifty, mm-hmm. that's a first-time home buyer price. It's incredible. It is. I mean, because you know, back in the day, it used to be a matter that you would basically get a mortgage for three times your salary, your Correct. gross salary. You know, so that would be a third, which means that at three fifty, you have to make what one hundred twenty-five thousand. Yeah, yeah, roughly, yeah, roughly yeah. about one hundred twenty thousand yeah. dollars. And yet, the average salary, of course, or income, is what under 50? Yeah, I think it's 52 right now. Okay, 52. In, in, in the metro. Yeah. So it's a guaranteed absurdity. So you have one of two choices. You either have to go into a situation where you're objectively house poor. Yep. Um, or, and by the way, if you are house poor, that means you don't have money to spend in restaurants or or on art or furniture. Um, <laughs> you look like an Ottoman man, to, by the way. <laughs> I just want to put that in. Thank you. But it's 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 an incongruity that has to be res- has to be resolved at some point. Yeah, it makes no sense. If we if we continue with this trend, it's going to hurt everybody, not just the housing market, but everybody around. Because you're mm-hmm. right. Everything starts here. If you're comfortable with your place of living, mm-hmm. then you're more comfortable spending money. Mm-hmm. If you're suffering to make your payment, regardless, let's say not just mortgage, but even your rent. Mm-hmm. If you cannot even afford to pay your rent, how mm-hmm. are you going to spend any money out elsewhere? It's the fundamental. You're not going to do it. Do, 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 do you mind if I get – now, I'm not going to get political. I was going to get political in the <laughs> sense of how you know tax breaks and or increased earnings are affecting the wealthy versus the middle class and others. But we're going to leave that aside. Let's go back to real estate <laughs> because I'm going to get you in trouble or me in trouble. Yeah. Oh, it happened once before, and then well, the, the just, just to be fair with you, I don't care which side of the spectrum you're at; they're both wrong. That's that's my view. I will I will hit you on that, and I will say this: if you only think of the world in left and right, then 
this is a three-dimensional world. You lack depth. Absolutely. Hmm. I agree 100%. Oh, crap. I should have used that for the uh, quote. <laughs> I mean, you could reuse it. You can, you can go back to it. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go back to that. So you guys are going to get to write that down. I'll deliver it properly. All right. So what's the hottest sector in the market right now? The hottest sector in the market right now is in the $500,000. Okay. Because that's the one that everybody was looking for it two years ago, mm-hmm. in the last 18 months. And now all of a sudden, that segment stopped a little bit. Okay. So you have more chances. You have a better opportunity to look at a pretty good house between, let's say, I would say four fifty to six fifty, mm-hmm. probably twenty five hundred thousand square feet to three thousand. Pretty mm-hmm. nice house, mm-hmm. good neighborhoods. Now you have the opportunity to actually go look at it, mm-hmm. think about it, mm-hmm. come back and look at it again, and then you'll be able to put an offer, which is the way it should be. I mean, it's again for That's most the people their biggest purchase uh, in their lives, and people have had to just, just, just jump. And so that absurd. segment has been great right now because you have the opportunity. The inventory is probably the highest than any anything in the last 18 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a better chance to talk to them, mm-hmm. you know, to actually communicate with the seller, even negotiate. You know, I just wrote an offer for a house that was listed at 575. We get it at 550. Really? Within wow. 10 days. Oh, you know? that's that that is good. There's different ways, different techniques to do it. You mm-hmm. know that. You need to have good representation. You need to have actually a good, a good agent to help you to do that. Always. Because I've been in the listing side with I get agents that are like, well, we're going to offer full price. And in my mind, like, we don't have any offers. Why are you going right away, to, which is great for my seller. Like, fantastic, you know. But is there any different ways to help your client? It depends what side of the, the aisle you're on, you know, seller or buyer. But Yeah. No, and again, I can't speak highly enough of, of the use uh, or using realtors in buying homes. It's more complicated than you realize. It's kind of a shame. The internet came in and everybody thought, oh, now I don't need to worry about this. And they started thinking they could think. It's That's not where a realtor's skill comes in. I mean, finding a house, knowing the market, yes, critically important, but it's not the fundamental. The fundamental is when you get into a transaction and how you handle that. And anybody who doesn't realize that having an agent, real estate agent or commercial agent, whatever it is, going in and negotiating on your behalf makes it so much easier. Oh, if you don't have a representation, you're going to leave a lot of money on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people think, especially on the selling side, I heard all the time, said, oh, I can sell my house because there's so many buyers right now. I don't need you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you do, right? Mm-hmm. Because you you might have an idea of how much your house is worth, but if you got the right strategy, the right marketing, I can probably bring you 30, 40, 50,000 more. It just happened that one of my friends, I'm not going to mention his name, mm-hmm. uh, he called me and I said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to use you. I'm just going to put a sign. And I said, well, if you like losing money, go ahead. And many people are so focused on the commission portion of it mm-hmm. that I don't really care about the commission, to be honest with you, Greg. I always tell them, they ask me, how much would you going to charge for your commission? I said, that's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. How much money you're going to make is more relevant to me. If you make enough money and you're happy, going back to the happiness, mm-hmm. you're going to be happy paying my commission. You're not even going to care about the commission. Or at least you mm-hmm. shouldn't, except for the fact that fear of loss always outweighs hope for gain. So you find the right person who understands what you're saying, which is, tell me what you want, I'll get it, don't worry about what I take. Yeah, let, let, me, let me do my job, let me make your life easier, let mm-hmm. me take all the stress away from you. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is a huge value. That's yeah. what the value, that's what a good realtor will do for you. That's what a good agent will do for you. Take all the stress away, make you happy. There's, to me, that right there, I don't care what the commission is. If you're going to do what I wanted to do, if you're going to make the same amount of money or the money that I'm thinking I should get out of my property, mm-hmm. who cares about anything else? 
Amen. Absolutely true. That's, that's but the thing. Again, but it does go back, fear of loss, hope for gain. Because back in the day, I was going to launch another furniture store, uh, store that was going to give you credit on the purchase of your new furniture in exchange for your old furniture. So it was going to be an associated uh, um, consignment store, okay. essentially. And we thought it was a brilliant idea, but we discovered very quickly that people, as soon as you mix in, I mean, your furniture right now you think is worthless because you're getting rid of it. But the moment you try to put a few dollars or talk about how much it's going to be a value, thank you very much, people start start to worry more about that than the new stuff. And it complicated the entire sales process. And it's insane, Greg, because Mm -hmm. they worry about cents Mm -hmm. versus dollars. Amen. I was like... Are you serious? Penny wise and pound foolish. Yeah, it is time. true. Every time. Mm-hmm. Every time. So, you know, I'm in, in the point of my career right now that I will meet with my clients. I'd explain this. And you can tell right away which direction they're going to go. Mm-hmm. And if it's not the right fit, I'd be happy to recommend it to somebody else. Yeah. I yeah. don't have the time to, to, See, to that's deal the, with those things. That's yeah. the mark of professionalism. That right. is I seriously the, the difference. And your reputation is is improved when you step up and you say, you know, I'm not the guy. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. That Precisely. is true. That is very true. Fair enough. All right. So, I love it. Let's take another quick break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about not just your general agency, but your ability to bridge communities as well. All right. Sounds good. All right. Be right back, folks. Years and years. You're always on the go. You never take a minute off. Too busy making dough. Someday you say you have your... When you're drinking, when you're drinking, the show looks good to you when you're drinking you get stinking it helps your point of view drinking does help your point of view from your perspective (laughs) 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 ladies and gentlemen this is drink in the style i'm your host gregory rich and uh we are speaking with rodolfo trujillo uh, of, uh, of Remax Advantage, uh, because there's two different types of Remaxes, right? There's many, uh, but the bigger ones are Remax Advantage Plus and okay. uh, Remax Results here in the metro. What separates them? Well, Remax Advantage Plus, we have the best agents. <laughs> 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 I have many friends in Results, they're very good too, but <laughs> different All franchises. Right. Remax is the umbrella of different franchises. Oh, I um, see. Yeah. Fair enough. That's it. Still. Good. They're all good. <laughs> Creating bad blood here today on drinking the style. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's talk a little bit uh, about um, working in Minnesota. Now, do you work with a particular clientele? Uh, Greg, I've been I've been working with every kind of clientele. When I moved here uh, in '98 from Mexico, uh, I I was thinking to Megan about it. I moved here with I didn't know I didn't know how to speak English. I didn't know anything. I was just. You moved here before you could speak English. Yeah, I, I mean, I knew a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. I, I took uh, fair enough high I mean, school high school English. You know, <laughs> like your high school Spanish. Yes, <laughs> it's about the same. Exactly. Este es mi pluma, mi pluma es amarillo. Yeah, I knew the colors, I knew the numbers. <laughs> you know, where's the bathroom, things like that. <laughs> but uh, so everything changes. So back then, my whole sphere of influence was the Hispanic community, which I still serve and I love. That's how I started. Mm-hmm. When I buy my first house in two thousand. That's what made me decide to become a real estate agent. 
I'm an mm-hmm. architect by trade. And, but when I bought my first house here, it was a horrible experience. Mm-hmm. And I was able to speak English by then. You mm-hmm. know, I already knew the majority. My wife is American. But it was a horrible experience. So I thought, imagine someone that had just moved here or did no fluent in English. Mm-hmm. And the whole transaction is in English. That's going to be very difficult. So I made a point of, in, in my career when I decided to do real estate. I was doing real estate as a, as a hobby and a way for favor of my school. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help the community. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help them. I'm going to teach them. And I'm going to show them the way to do this because it's possible. And it's critical. I mean, look. It's not just, I mean, it, it, cultural differences exist. It's difficult to negotiate, for example, in China, if you're an American. Oh, yeah, very difficult. It is, it, it's just, it, there's a culture that takes time to understand. And when you are in this kind of a transaction, to be going in without a, someone representing you again who understands that culture could be devastating. It is true. Like You, you just mentioned China, India. Mm-hmm. anywhere in Latin America, mm-hmm. we negotiate everything. Mm-hmm. Because, why? Because we don't have the purchase power that we have here. Mm-hmm. So we take care of every penny yeah. to the very you know, the very less. And here, you need to educate it like, well, here's different. Yeah. You cannot just negotiate all the time because here is a contract. It's mm-hmm. something formal. It's something that you have to follow the law. You have to follow this. At the beginning, many times, we got contracts already signed, purchase agreements signed, ready to go. Mm-hmm. And a week before closing, we'll say, let's, let's go back with a different number. Oh, my God. And Seriously? Like, yes. No, because that's the, way, that's the way it is in our countries. Yes, you know? exactly. Then now you feel that you put the power because you have the power because you have the money. Mm-hmm. Now I want to put the seller in a situation like, well, I'm not going to buy it. What about if you renegotiate the price? I'm like, well, here is different. We have contracts mm-hmm. and we have laws that we have to follow if you do that now you might get sued yes you know it's a different story which is i mean to a great extent appropriate in my opinion there is nothing worse than striking a deal with somebody and then having that person come back later now it may work in certain cultures again chinese and and latin america what have you here it's an insult so the minute you do that you are creating a nightmarish situation for yourself. But you wouldn't know unless you had someone who understands your perspective and the uh, other party's perspective. That is correct. And that's the, that's the point of my whole career in real estate is like I 100% invested in education. Mm-hmm. So if I, if I show you an educator the way, I mean education is knowledge. So if you know the process here, I don't care where you come from. Mm-hmm. If, you know the, if you know the process at the beginning, now we're going to take away all those issues at the end. Yes. Right at the beginning. Yes. Well, I mean, it's it's something of my mantra. Experience gives you the ability to see the future. Absolutely. And Absolutely. you know what the transaction process is going to be like. It was a hard lesson that I learned uh, across many transactions, yeah. but eventually it does get through your head. And if you want to negotiate, let's negotiate now. Mm-hmm. You, you can take us two, three, four days. That's fine. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. You know, but you have to have representation that I understand. And like, when you... Never been outside your one country, regardless. I don't care if it's the United States, Mexico, whatever you are. Mm-hmm. If you never experienced anything outside your shelf, mm-hmm. it's going to be very difficult to understand. I mean, the last thing in the world I could imagine doing would be trying to buy, you know, property in, in Singapore. You know, I mean, seriously, yeah. it, it's madness. Well, Singapore was a bad choice, but still. So, so, you're, <laughs> so you're helping the community. So you're an architect by trade, you said, yeah. correct? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Residential, commercial, or? Uh, residential. Ah. That's what I did. Uh, I, I, when I moved here as an architect, I, well, it's a living story, but a long story that I'm not going to bore you. But my wife now, who was my girlfriend at the time, she challenged me. when I, said, I have no reason to leave the, 
Mexico. I was an architect. I have a great job. I have mm-hmm. my, my own car, my own, my own place. Mm-hmm. 23 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, was, I was at the top of the world. That is a nice life. Yeah. And then she says, well, you don't want to go to the United States because you're uh, afraid of failure. Ooh, seriously? Yeah, she, so she knew me well. Oh, That's what I knew I wanted to marry her. That's what I knew I wanted to marry her. And I said, Brilliant. I'm going to move. And I said, I didn't bring anything. I brought 200 bucks and one suitcase. And I said, I'm going to show you. Did you? I, seriously? Good for you. I, that is a bold move. You're in love with life and you know that. That's what it's like. I can do it. Exactly. Why not? What are your thoughts on this? I, my safety, my sense of self and ability to withstand nonsense and f- is based on the fact that in the worst case scenario, I'd be happy living on a beach, making drinks for people and guiding them around. Right? That's, I think that's the biggest advantage of immigrants coming here. Mm-hmm. And I hope none of you can take any offense. Here is so damn easy. It is. The United States is the best things. country in the world by far. And I'm not afraid to say it. Mm-hmm. It's the best country in the world with for? all our issues and everything that we have here. But if you want to succeed, mm-hmm. this is the place to be. Hmm. This is so easy. And that, it sounds bad to say it, but that's what I thought. When she challenged me to that, I'm like, you don't understand. You know, sometimes in Mexico, there were days that we were thinking, am I going to eat today or not? Yeah. That's a real challenge. Agreed. Here, Agreed. like, are we going to go to this restaurant or this restaurant? Yeah. That's I know, not a right? challenge. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And we do take our quality of life for granted, oh, unquestionably. But. I would push back a little bit on the – I mean, I love America. America is a fabulous country. I'm deeply troubled by what's happening yeah. um, and on many, many levels. But while you're looking at the perspective because you're an inherent optimist, I think, if you want to find a place to succeed, America is the place it to succeed. Agreed. But as we know, most people do not succeed. Most small businesses fail. And America has no safety net of any kind, the way Germany or even France or Scandinavia yeah. does. So it's fascinating that you – I mean, it's its exactly you, Rodolfo. It is – you are the – you are going to make it work. You're going to push it through. That's impressive. Yeah, and I think that's the difference, Greg. I mean, we're a little bit out of the point, but that's the that's difference. That's what I do. <laughs> that's, that's the difference between an immigrant and, and somebody that was born here because mm-hmm. people here take so many things for granted – Mm-hmm. And, and me coming here, I always thought, in my mind, I always thought, what is the worst thing that can happen to me? Mm-hmm. I go back to having 200 bucks. That's it. Right. That's the worst. And is that the worst? And when I came here, I was so happy and excited. So that's, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Amen. I mean, it's true. And, you know, and we talk occasionally about Buddhism. Have you studied yeah, Buddhism yeah. at all? No, I haven't, but I read some, some books. I, I like to study everything. Again, back to knowledge. Sense. Back yes. to knowledge. But you have to know every, a little bit of everything. Be versed in everything to understand everybody else. Yes. So when they come with an idea or a, an objection or whatever, you have to be ready and you have to be – you have to have empathy Agreed. for everybody else. You know? Agreed. That's why I think that all – do your kids have pets? We have one little pet. Yeah, Pika. Right. Fabulous. Kids should always have pets. It teaches empathy. It imprints empathy on them. And hopefully then they can call back upon that when they're in difficult times of, of adulthood. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Not just kids, Greg. Sometimes adults, they need somebody like that. <laughs> I'm telling it's you. absolutely yeah. true. It's very true. So you also do some uh, some work with uh, the Neighborhood Development Alliance, correct? Yeah, Neighborhood Development Alliance has been one of the one of the organizations, uh, nonprofits that I've been helping for the last 16 years. 
uh, they, they approached me back then and asked me if I can do a first-time homebuyer seminar in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And I said, that'd be great. We've been doing it for 16 years now, and now we do it in English and in Spanish. And, and this, this organization helps you. It teaches you how you can uh, accomplish the American dream, owning mm-hmm. your own place. Mm-hmm. And most people, immigrants or not, sometimes they're not ready, especially on the, on the different class of the spectrum, right? They, people think, I'm going to rent for the rest of my life because that's... And unfortunately, Greg, it's a cycle, you mm-hmm. know? If you grew up with your parents renting, you think that's your only way to do it. Agreed, yeah. Because they couldn't able to tell you the difference. So they say, well, owning is too expensive. You won't be able to afford it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But there's so many options here, so many different programs for first-time home buyers. I've been doing this for 22 years in real estate, and many of my colleagues at my office in Minnetonka tell me, well, you're crazy by still helping first-time home buyers. You're wasting your time because there's not enough money. And mm-hmm. I, I laugh, mm-hmm. you know, and I look at them and I said, it's the most rewarding work that I do. Mm-hmm. Helping first-time home buyers acquire a home, Greg, right. is the, the most – that's one of the reasons I do this. Mm-hmm. I don't do this for the money. I, I like to make money. I like to do things. Unfortunately, many of my hobbies are expensive, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have to work. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> so fair I have enough. To work. Amen. Amen. But – Helping somebody and, and go to the to the closing table and give them those keys and see the smiles, mm-hmm. it's, it's priceless. It is a literal life-changing event. And it's not just a life-changing event for them because the truth is that the difference between um, Americas right now is generational wealth. Those who were whose grandparents bought homes post World War II and then took that equity and growth and then and then and then. And unless you understand that and that it, that that is a fundamental part of the American dream for many reasons, you're at a disadvantage. Absolutely. And here again, going back to the best country in the world, when I moved here in ninety eight, I bought my first house in two thousand. So within two years of being here I was able to buy a house. Mm-hmm. It would have taken me in Mexico, being an architect, mm-hmm. probably six to seven years. Why is that? Because the, the banking system down there is broken. So there's no loans. So mm-hmm. you need to gather all the cash before you can buy it. You pay you have to pay cash yeah, for all houses? Back, back in... then it used to be like that. Now now it's, uh, it's opening it up a little bit, but it's not the same. It's not, it's not, as, it's not as easy as it is here. So. See, that's madness. I mean, it that is, is such a fundamental misunderstanding of economic theory. I mean, 100%. I, you know, we only have a few seconds left, and it's a shame because I could jump into the lack of reality associated with money. And that goes towards the contract concept because it's the future. It's understanding a certain amount of certainty. And most people around the world don't do that because it's not Correct. inherent to human thinking. That's not the way it is. It's not the way we were up. You know, here you have the opportunity and, and it's, sometimes it's missed. Even yeah. for somebody from here. Amen. It's absolutely yeah. true. And that's why there need to be first-time homebuyer programs yeah, for absolutely. everyone, quite honestly, which includes, yeah. you know, kids who are carrying massive amounts of debt who aren't allowed to do that. But that is a completely – so, <laughs> We're going we're to save that someday for a yeah, McNeil sit-in. All right. Well, there it is, my friends. On behalf of the uh, District of Dinah Habitation, Furnishing, and Design, Rodolfo Trujillo. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it's it. a delight. Megan, as well, thank you. I'd like to wish everybody good luck this coming week. What was the quote I was going to use, Megan? I forgot. <laughs> there it is. Whoops. <laughs> Good night, everybody. 